Good morning, everybody. This is November. What is it? Twelfth. November twelfth. Okay. My name is Winfrey. I'm in Sedona, Arizona. We have people all over the country and on the call now. And this is a simulcast between a conference call and a BBS broadcast. And we call it Sunday Morning with the Elohim because every Sunday we play a channeling that was brought through by my partner, Terry Brown, of an interdimensional group. It's identified itself by the name Council of Elohim in coordination with the Ra group. And in addition to the information in the um, channelings, we, we have great information. There's an energy present on this call that if you start coming to it, you may learn to connect with a very loving energy that the Elohim take some credit for projecting into this realm and working with the people in our group. And they have said a number of times, they're paying attention to everyone on the call. And um, I know when they first said that, I said, I wonder if this is true. I'm very skeptical. It took me a long time to say, oh my God, they're real, they're good, and they're they're working with us. But one of the first incidents was when Terry was channeling and he started speaking in what sounded like another language for about three minutes. And then she came back and I said, I wonder what that's about. The next day, I got an email from a lady, a lady named Batul in Turkey, and she said, when they said hello to me in Turkish and even said my name. And um, that's one incident where they kind of semi-proved they were paying attention to people on the call. And then the other incident I know about um, is when there was this fellow in Taos, New Mexico, who had been listening to our calls on BBS radio, never came into the conference call in person, and he heard them, he heard them say, we're paying attention to everybody on the call. So he said to himself, and he I don't know if he sent it out louder in his mind, but he said, if you're paying attention to me, would you answer this question? And the next thing they did was stop what they were talking about, and they answered his question. And he's been a regular on the call ever since. <laughs> in fact, he moved to Sedona because he wanted to be around Terry 
who was the channel. And uh, and we all have become good friends, and he's here on the call right now. But then we've had miracles, lots of miracles, healings. People on the call are having having um, some kind of phenomenal experience. And in fact, you know, we're going to play the Elohim session we're going to play today is on miracles. And traditionally, we have this invocation to the light that we do at the beginning of the call. Somebody's eating and rattling the dishes. We have this invocation to the light to make kind of a protective energy and, and acknowledge their presence. I mean, they're here whether I do this or not. But it's just an official way of acknowledging it. So I'm going to do that right now. Father, Mother, God, we ask for the presence of the light to surround and protect each person on this call. And any negativity be taken to the highest realms of light and be transmuted for the highest good of all concerned. We see ourselves in the flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe, through the galaxies, through the Milky Way, through the solar system, through the outer energy fields of planet Earth, through our bodies, and into the center of the Earth. And right now, we invoke a group energy connection while maintaining the sovereignty of our souls. And we welcome those sources that are positive, service to others, honoring the law of one and anything that's not of that nature must leave now. And we will be as all the regulars on this call know Terry Brown has been our channel and she's been doing it for 20 years and she was, is a beautiful being. And about 14 months ago, she dropped her body. And um, and then different people that have been regulars on the call started calling me and telling me, we got a message from Terry, I think. And then I couldn't believe it. I thought they were making it up at first. But then uh, I decided I would find a professional channel here in in Sedona. And I scheduled a session with her. And she started out and said, Terry's here now if you have questions. 
And I said, can you tell me the name of the person, Terry, who you're talking through, who uses the pendulum? And Terry said, Joy. And that's the right answer. And uh, we kept having those kind of incidents. I mean, if you pay attention to these calls and to this work, you'll see what happens. People on the call have all kinds of amazing phenomena happen, approaching miracle status. And uh, I don't call a lot of attention to it because when they happen, they happen. And I can't make them happen. <clears throat> and the Elohim has free will. They decide when they're going to do something like this or not do it. And they have a criteria. It must be for the highest good of all concerned and honoring free will. But it's happened enough time that it could not be an accident. Okay? There's got to be some intention behind it. And I'm going to... Terry Marie is one of those people who called me and said, I think I'm communicating to Terry. He's coming into our calls quite often and creates a circumstance where we can talk to Terry. And we've also talked to other people through Terry Marie. And don't go away because we're going to have somebody really special, at least one person, who I checked with before the call, and they'd say they'd be honored to be on the call. Now, that means that somebody that dropped their body is in the fifth dimension of density, and um, they're going to talk to us from there, and we'll see what happens. And I always say, don't believe anything. Um, be open-minded. Sometimes I can ask test questions to see if I really think somebody is, see if I can validate that somebody is coming in who says there's somebody. Like with channeling, and you have a, a voice talking to you, how do you know you can trust that voice? And in my case, when you started talking to the Elohim, it took me a few years of asking questions to believe it was real. And, um, and so I always don't take anything for granted, and I don't expect you to either. And, um, but if something touches you and helps you in some way, it's probably good. And Terry Marie, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Terry there. Yeah. Terry there? Yeah. Yes. Terry, would you like a wave? Sure, of course. Okay, let's give Terry a wave. Now, Terry's talking to us from his fifth density. We are, the Earth is in the third density. In the fifth density, the majority of the beings don't have bodies. They can move around by thought alone. 
They can call on each other telepathically. And that's where Terry is. And he spent a long time working. By working, I mean bringing through messages from the higher realms to this group that's assembled right now. And she feels, I don't know if I would call it a responsibility, but a mission, at least, to help keep supporting us. And she's, so she's here. So let's wave to Terry. Some of you might feel a little lift of energy when we do this. And Terry, is there anything exciting to report from the fifth density? Oh, yes, that there's such beautiful energy being sent to all of you all the time. That's exciting. Exciting for us to connect with you. It's kind of rare to have a verbal connection with somebody in fifth density, right? Or a group of people. Am I correct in that? It's possible. It's possible because we seem to be doing it, right? Yes. You know, just before the call, I did a quick session with um, Carrie Marie. And, you know, one of the people that was one of my early influences years ago was a guy, a guy by the name of who's coughing? Hi, can you see if you can catch that? All participants are muted and they can unmute themselves. So Terry Marie, be sure to unmute yourself now. There was a beautiful guy who was an Indian, and um, he was a yogi. And his teacher told him to come to America and bring yoga to America. And he did. And he got a lot of support. And people loved him. And he wrote a, a book that became a classic, and it was called Autobiography of a Yogi. And I read that book when I was first getting open to spirituality. And he talked about all these amazing synchronicities that happened to him while he was traveling around India, kind of a student of esoteric knowledge. And he has he a big yoga institute in Encinitas. He's got a park in Pacific Palisades in the Los Angeles district. 
name is Paramahansa Yogananda. And when I first got his book, I was not very sophisticated spiritually. I um, had my father's kind of overlay, which was everybody's got an angle, like everybody's trying to make money. And uh, and I remember when I bought that book, there was a picture of Paramahansa Yogananda on the cover. And I was reading it, and I'm saying, what's this guy's angle? And I said, his, his picture, he looks so innocent. And... Um, He said he'd be here, and he was honored to be here. Uh, let me just see. Yogananda, are you here? Yes, yes I am here. Now, do people call you Yogananda or Paramahansa? Yogananda-si. Anandasi? Yogananda-si. 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 Yes. What does the C mean? C. Uh, respectful. Oh, seek? No, no. You're going on to seek. Seek. No, 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 no. C. C. Uh, C, like S H I. S H I. C. Now, you had somewhat of a famous death, as I recall. Famous what? Because death. A death? Death? Because when you died, your body didn't decompose. At least according to what I read. Is that correct? Yes, yes there was much, uh, much light coming through me quite some time. Did you direct that, or was it directed no. by external forces? No, other forces. Other forces. Do you know who the Elohim are? Yes. Yes. And did you know who they were when you were in a body? Didn't refer to them as that with that name. I knew there were higher powers that I was in mm -hmm. touch with. Mm hmm And, but when you, did you meet them on the other side when you died and they identified yes. themselves to you? I knew when I got there, yes. You recognized here. them. Yes. When, when you when you dropped your body, <coughs> excuse me. When you dropped your body, <coughs> did you immediately <coughs> leave your body, even though it, it was kept in a state of kind of aliveness? Were, were you in your body when that was going on, or had you already left to the higher dimensions? 
both. There and they both. <coughs> in higher dimensions as well, yes. You were both places. Did you meet Sri Yukastor? Oh yes. Yes, he's my my guru. On the other side, right? Yes, yes. That's it. And how about Experience. How about another of the gurus or the masters you referred to was somebody by the name of Babaji. And do you remember Babaji? You mean Sahiri Mahasaya? No, not, not, not that guy. Um, Babaji was supposedly, according to Autobiography of a Yogi, was a guy who um, lived, I think he lived forever in this, in this realm, and you met him on one of your pilgrimages, and he worked with you. Babaji, it might, have been, might be pronounced Babaji. Yes, yes. Right, that's correct. And is is he in the fifth density or is he still here? Or is he both both places? Both, both. Both. He goes back and forth, so to speak. Always mm -hmm. here. If he leaves, he comes back. And do do you think you're going to reincarnate again? Oh, yes. You come back because you want to be of service here. Yes. Much needed. And do you communicate with some of your close disciples now from where you are? Yes. And what's that lady's name who's in charge of the self real the self realization fellowship? And that was the name of uh Yogananda's group foundation. What's her name? I'm not getting it. It's not Guru. It's not Guru Maya, is it? That that might be somebody else's. Okay. Um, no, that Guru Maya might be associated with Swami Muktananda. Well, I don't think you had an association with him um, on this side, anyway. Okay, if you're if you're going to give us some words of wisdom, mm -hmm. can I can I let you do that? Words. Uh, uh, do not. Rely on words 
you read in books. They're there for your learning, yes, but you must feel it, connect it from your heart. Words are helpful, but as in the Bible, do not rely on words. Know it within. I know that's true. <laughs> I know that, you know, when, when the Elohim speak and we transcribe them, some people read it like the words are what's important. And what I have noticed and what I tell people is the words trigger the energy of the Elohim, which is more important than the words. Yes. And many people, many people in our group have made a connection. They feel they've made a connection. And I sense they have. And they have the Elohim looking over their shoulder, helping them when they can, when it's appropriate. Yes. So I thank you very much. And... I will invite you back again if you're open to it. And it's yes. very much of an honor to have you here. You have helped and so many people. To be here. Yes. And uh, do you do this with anyone else in this realm? Talk to the realm? Not like this, but yes, there are people who connect with Mhm. Mm yeah. I would imagine if somebody was connecting with you, I would have heard about it. They would have put it up on the internet, you know. And who knows? Perhaps. I might even do that. I might even do that after a period of time when I get used to it. And when you get used to it. But... Could you just send a blessing down to all the people listening right now? Yes. We'll take a moment of silence. Yes. yes. Thank you. Please, please do that. Brothers and sisters, stay in the light, always. Do not interference. Thank you so much. And you know, I'd like to I'd like to ask now if Gillian would like to say hello to us. 
Jillian is my was my first real girlfriend in college. And when I met her, she was busy doing all kinds of spiritual and metaphysical studies. And I was thinking I wanted to be a physics major. And I was a nerd, but I I did did start writing songs at that time. And um, I think think that Jillian introduced me to Yogananda. She introduced me to Edgar Cayce. She had all these books, and I would read them. And she was studying astrology, and I started studying astrology. And uh, when I first ran into her, I didn't believe any of this stuff. But I eventually saw that it worked. And Jilly, are you there? Just a moment. Yes, yes, he's here. Well, it's very nice to have you on the call with us. Did you hear Yogananda just now? Yes, I did. Was it you that introduced me to Yogananda? We talked about him. I think you had his book. No, that I picked it up. Yes, I didn't know that I was the first, but yes. And then you and I used to go, you know, when I was uh, seeing Jillian, most of the TVs were black and white, and only the elite had color TVs. And Jillian and I used to go to the law library on the campus every week to watch Star Trek in color. Do you remember that, Dilly? Yes, yes. Fun. And I think you were especially fond of that episode on Star Trek about tribbles. Do you remember that? Yes, yes. It was some kind of some kind of little animal that kept duplicating itself on the ship until they were everywhere. And then I think I had a, I had a cat named Tribble. I don't know if that was with you or not, but in any case, did I ever hug a tree with you? Yes. Where was that? What were the circumstances? Park. Uh, in a park? Near, in a park near the campus? Mm-hmm. And did you tell the story to someone in our group about me hugging a tree? Someone in your group. Yes. Because they told me they got a message from you about 
the time I was hugging a tree. And I was doing something else while I was hugging the tree. Was I meditating? Was I praying for you? Talking. Talking to the tree? Yes. And, uh, you know, comforting. I mean, the truth is, I don't remember. I don't remember this, but um, someone in the group reminded me about it, and then I had a—I thought I had a vague memory, okay. And um, and I thought I'd ask you about it, okay. Well, Jillian, if it wasn't for Jillian, I wouldn't be doing this work now. She she laid the groundwork for everything that was to follow. And um, she lived in Encinitas, which happens to be where the Yogananda's Yoga Center is, foundation in Encinitas, California which is in the northern area of San Diego County. And um, Terry and I used to go down and visit her. And Daphne and I actually went to visit her. And I thought Jillian would be really interested in, in this channeling stuff we were doing since she was into that when I was when I thought she was crazy. And uh Daphne and I did a channeling in her living room. Do you remember that, Jillian? Yes. And I brought a rice machine with me. And they were giving us the frequencies for the rice machine, which amazed me. If you guys don't know what a rice machine, it's an electronic uh, frequency generator that you can set at very precise frequencies that will kill pathogens. And uh, a guy, he was in the San Diego area and he was using this machine and he was curing cancer with it. And there was an article in the San Diego Tribune, the newspaper, about different doctors that were validating that the machine was working. And shortly thereafter, his laboratory was burned down, as I recall. And uh, obviously, it was not something the powers to be wanted to get out. But it's out anyway. They still sell them. And... um, it's called a rice machine. And the key to using it is knowing the right frequencies for a pathogen. And it would be like, if you if you remember the Memorex commercial, um, yes. somebody would, somebody would, an opera singer would sing a tone and break a glass, right? And the idea was if you could hit the resonant frequency of the glass, the glass would shatter. 
And with a Rife machine, if you could hit the resonant frequency of a pathogen, the pathogen would destroy itself, like the glass. Because pathogens are much smaller, and the frequencies would have to be much higher. But that's the principle. You get the idea. And uh, the people that were into rice, rice made a whole study of what frequencies would kill what pathogens. And when somebody used this machine, they would have to tune into the right frequency. And so I built, I had built a rice machine, and I took it to Jillian's house with Daphne, and the Elohim said, you don't have to use that. We can generate the frequencies. But then they went and told me the frequencies to use, and we did, we did both Jillian, and I believe we did Daphne. I don't think we had any dramatic healing, but I was amazed to watch them Tell me what frequencies to use for those two. And Jillian, I love you. And uh, I'm so glad that we connected in this way. Much love to you and your group. Yes. Now, do you think you're going to incarnate again and come back in a body? Possibly. Not in the immediate future. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have the feeling that once you're in the fifth density, it's you're not required to come back. You don't have the compulsion to come back. You no, have to difficult. choose it. Difficult to want to come back. So yeah, and, it, and this realm, this realm is very difficult. Yes. For advanced beings like yourself. And uh, and you did a pretty good job. I'm amazed. I'm amazed that you put up with me. So mm-hmm. thanks for that. <laughs> we shared a good experience together. Yeah. I mean, Jillian and I, I told the story, but Jillian and I, I had a 1955 VW blue Volkswagen bus. It was actually a little camper. And we traveled the country in it. And we had all these incredible adventures, okay? And uh, like one one of the incidents is we were in New York City and I parked my bus on the street around Washington Square. And in the middle of the night, I heard this clanking noise, metal noise. Do you remember this, Julian? Yes, they were going to tow it. They weren't going to tow it, no. Somebody was trying to steal my engine. And uh, I got out of the car and I see this guy underneath trying to loosen my engine bolts. And I said, you got to go away. And I chased him away. 
And uh, it was just kind of funny, though, at the time. I won't tell you tell you all about other exploits in New York City because I'd be embarrassed. You know which ones I'm talking about? Yes, it isn't necessary. No. Okay, we won't talk about it. And on that note, let's see. It's 11:47. Um, I'm almost going to start on the playback. You know, there's one thing I wanted to play. You should listen to this, Jillian. This is really funny, and you'd appreciate it. The Smothers Brothers were having their TV show in those days. And one day on the Smothers, one day on that show, they had a... uh, I think Tommy Smother walked into the audience and, and picked this woman in a bright pink dress and with flowers in her hair and started interviewing her. And she said she was a hippie. Now, I'm not sure, to tell you the truth, if she wasn't just somebody that was a plant. And and that it wasn't spontaneous, but they knew exactly what they were doing. Cause, but it was, whatever it was, it was extremely funny. And I'm going to play it right now. It's like six minutes. Stop the music. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Can we get a shot of this girl here? Do you mind? Do you mind standing up? Thinking about you're playing something. I'd like to talk to stand up. Let's give her a hand. You're uh, very, very lovely. What was that you were, the reason I picked her out, you were playing something. What was it? This is a juice harp uh, here. I play other things too, you know, like the calm or the spoons. Yeah. Did you bring any of those with you? <laughs> oh, no, man. I left my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> where where are you from? You're dressed kind of strange. Oh well, this is really very natural in the Haight Ashbury up in San Francisco. So <laughs> yeah, huh? The newspapers refer to it as flower land. Oh, yeah? yeah, that's kind of weird, you know. It's just cement. It's just like L.A. <laughs> <laughs> how did you make? How did you happen to make it to the show? Generally, the people that from the the flower movement and the. Uh, the hippie movement, they don't come to TV shows. They have other well, things. you know, somebody, I was just, I hitchhiked down yeah. here from San Francisco, and I was just sort of hanging out, you know, and somebody laid a ticket on me to come here. And, you know, anything that's free, you know, is a groove. I don't have a whole lot of money myself, you know, and yeah. TV is so weird anyway, you know. Yeah. You, you know, you never really expect anything far out to happen in a TV studio. No, you No. <laughs> but, it, but it's really, I mean, you know, it's really far out. I was just like sitting here in my seat digging you and everything, and it was really, really wild, man, the way you came down the audience, you know, and you started to get everybody to, yeah. to sing and everything. I mean, it was a lot of love, and everybody was very happy and everything. I mean, it was really beautiful. I just started to blossom. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad I could be part of that blossoming. <laughs> Well, you really were, man. You just, you really turned me on. 
What do you mean exactly by turning it on? Oh, well, well, turn on is like if you know you press a certain button and you get kind of like a, a high frequency response in your soul, sort of, uh, you know, that that kind of thing. I mean, like you know, it's all the thing you, you really dig that wherever you're at is really where it's at. Huh? Where what's that? Oh, well, you know, I mean, like, well, wow, wherever you go, man, you know, that's where you're at, and wherever you're at, I mean, that's it, man. I mean, like, like we're all it, man, and this is where it's at. You mean uh, this is it, huh? Oh yeah, wow, you're <laughs> you're really groovy, man. <laughs> you're really too much. Really? Wow, I love you. Uh, do you, do you... <laughs> uh, do you watch this show? I mean, you you are. You are kind of a different, from a different uh, a oh. thing than I am. Do you, do you watch our show at all, The Smothers Brothers Show? Oh, man, you're putting me on. No, I'm serious, please. Oh, wow, I mean, like, this is one of the most far-out shows on television. I mean, you know, man, you do all these strange numbers, you know, like fairy numbers and animal numbers. And <laughs> no, I think it's got, not fairy numbers. Well, you know, fantasy, man, fantasy numbers yeah. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's so many groovy things. I mean, like with the color, you use all the far out colors. Yeah. And, and well, you know that thing with the Jefferson Airplane when you yeah. had that light show and yeah. the whole TV was going like this? Wow, <laughs> that was really far out, you know, <laughs> to dig your show and then turn the sound off. <laughs> you turn this, why do you turn the sound off? Oh, wow, yeah, you know, I mean, to uh, to turn the sound off and then put on somebody who's really groovy, you know, like, like the Beatles and the Mothers yeah. and all that. And it's really weird, you know, because there's no sound coming out of your mouth. You're just, you know, talking away and nothing is happening. Wow. It's very weird, you know, and then you flip the vertical hold, you know, and your head starts flying up in the TV. <laughs> This occur, huh? Well, you know, you're really weird when you're not saying anything and your head is flying. I can imagine. Yeah, wow. This is this is really the you know the highest show I've ever been on. I'll tell you. Yeah, and I've never used television before. I guess it could become an expensive habit. Yeah, wow. Well, it's cheaper than war. Yeah, a lot better than that too. You know. Do you have any mottos? You, you are one of the flower children. I assume that. Oh people, yeah, I am. You are from seven. Do do any of you flower children you people have any? Uh, you hippies have any mottos or anything like that? that you, oh wow, we have just you know all kinds of them and everything. But well, I have a favorite one. Is uh -huh. uh, it's a uh, keep America green, folks, and grow oregano. <laughs> We laugh a lot, but there's, there's, I would like to say to this young lady, and a lot of the people around, I think the young people, and, uh, well, I admire you and, and the thing that is happening very much because it's all gentle, it's peace, and it's love is what they're trying to present, and I admire you very much and the well, people up there in well, San Francisco. And well, 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 thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. I mean, we really admire you a lot, too. Thank you. I mean, you know, I, wow, I'd like to give you a little gift and kind of make you an honorary flower child. Well, that's wonderful. Is that's a, okay. Here's a little flower. Oh no! I mean, it's it's something, of course, that that helps all flowers grow and make them tall and beautiful and everything. <laughs> love, love. She means love. No, no. I, I, it's, it's something that's really stronger than love. What's stronger than that? Fertilizer. <laughs> 
By the way, reporters, thank you very much for this. You can share that with your friends. <laughs> I'll do that. By the way, what is your name? Uh, my name is yes. Goldie. Goldie? Mm -hmm. uh, what's your last name? Keith. Goldie. <laughs> All participants are on hold. All participants are off hold. So. <laughs> All participants are unmuted. Did you guys... Fertilizer. Did you... Did you, did you, <laughs> did you guys ever meet anyone like that? <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> who said, who said yeah. yes? Lauren? Oh, yeah. <laughs> In the mirror, right? <laughs> I didn't catch what you said. Well, Say it again. I didn't catch what you said. I think I said. In the mirror. In the mirror, right? Oh, in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Berkeley had people like that. Sort of. Why? <laughs> you mean you mean I'm still like that? Ben, go see a doctor. <laughs> Don, I'm another you. I am you, and you are me, and we are we, and we are all together. The law of one. The walrus. Well, <laughs> 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 oh, thank you, Donna. Beautiful.
that's true. <laughs> well, listen, don't keep don't keep talking. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> let me just say, if you hear me now, Don is talking to us, but he's not on the air. All so right, I, I'm now on the air. I'm now on the air. And Don is the founder of BBS Radio. And I think I might be his oldest show. I think Close you are my oldest self, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So... And with that, Don, we're going to play one of Terry's Elohim channelings now. So hey, we got to do it. You know, so, you know when, now that I am speaking to you, your audience, and everybody else live, because normally I mute myself. <laughs> hey, folks, you don't want to hear what I have to say. <laughs> but in this case, you actually can. Oh, boy. But the phones will go off. You're going to hear them. This is why I don't normally do this, because it's a studio's <laughs> life for me, and a phone will always be going off, I promise. It's it's insane. <laughs> Anyways. We love you, Don. I we love, love you. you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're amazing. You're well, amazing. no, I'm not amazing. Worldwide. I'm patient. Or maybe I'm impatient. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you what. I'm going to let you go. I you're love loved, y'all. You're loved worldwide. Hey. You're, uh. You're just hitting on me. <laughs> but I love it. I've read Donna's married. Be careful. I, I I I have I'm always careful. You know what I carry I'm with so- me? You know what I carry with me? What? Tell Don't forget you're still live in the air, okay, Don? Right. You know what I carry with me? I carry hope. Okay, fuck that. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I, I had to, you know. Now, now you're definitely going to get some phone calls. <laughs> I carry hope. Oh shit! Take care, bro. I'm a me. I'm a media company that carries hope. Now oh. you know. Now, hey, oh. look. This is sincere shit. As crazy as it sounds, and it is, it's as crazy as shit. I mean it. But the only way the only way you carry hope is to stop silencing voices. Because if you, get, you know, the more people, the more voices, the more minds that you get collaborating on something, the better, I promise you, the outcome, the result, the answer. Always. The more, the merrier. The fewer, the better fare. 
Oh, that's a. <laughs> so, but so you have to get a lot of people not desiring the the same thing, but following the same path. A spirit. It creates it creates a group energy. It and creates energy. That, right. Yeah. Exactly. And that energy is permanent. Or as impermanent as you want to make it. Mm-hmm. We all need to look within ourselves to find the right energy to radiate. And that can in many ways, I think. Yeah, see, you figured that out. Yeah. But, you know, folks, I I shouldn't really be on the air because I'm inebriated. Did I say that right? <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I, I uh, oh I my God! Sh- because you know, I have to do this every now and again because I never have any time that I can do this when I shouldn't. <laughs> Which means I'm always doing it when I should. <laughs> ah, don't you love life, folks? Anyways. <laughs> I, you know, I love you, Win. I love your friends, your family, your life, those that are around you. But then, when we have our own coffee shop on the other side. <laughs> so, when, as you all pass away, you'll all be visiting our coffee shop. And 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 it's the win. Have the, a name. It's the Win and Don Coffee Shop. All right. <laughs> win, win, Win's name actually comes first. Yeah. Oh. The Win and you know, Don you, Coffee you know. Shop. And on the other side, as you die, and unfortunately you will, or fortunately, <laughs> and then you'll die. <laughs> And then Wynn and I will give you a, a fucking coffee. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Right? Wynn? Wynn? Thank you, Don. Well, I... Uh, See you on the other side. Thank you. And I'm going to let you and your audience go. I've taken enough of your time. <laughs> I'm just going to let you go right now. I'm going to let you go right now because you deserve it. Thank you. Blessing, John. All right, John. And on that note, I'm going to play this. All participants are muted and they can unmute themselves. Excerpt. I'm going to play the whole thing. This is uh, a challenge from Terry back in 2010, one of the early things we did. And it's very good. You know, these sessions that we did, it does, they're not time-stamped. No they'll work as good 100 years from now as they did 10 years previously. 
So here we go. I'm going to have to queue it up. This is January 27th, and this is our Wednesday night question. And do take power over you. In other words, um, asking for the negative source, and a negative source can look like something, the center of our galaxy called the Hunabku, and radio in the background on the kids. There's an energy that just comes in. Remember, and to answer our questions this evening. Do we have an opening comment from our sources? Yes. We greet you. We love each and every one of you. We love all of the inhabitants of Earth. One of the things that we notice about the Earth participants, the ones in the third density, is they have a tendency to get stuck in situations, and then their energy gets coiled around the situation and moves around and around as they repeat in their mind the scenarios attempting to work their way through it and out of it and to be able to break free into the beautiful energy which they are inherently. This movement into a stuckness and a cycling pattern is one of the reasons that the veil exists in that the focus is totally upon that area and areas adjacent to it as the individuals work their way or attempt to work their way through. Would the individuals maintain an ability to come to our frequency and then back and then to our frequency and back, they may be able to begin to unstick themselves from the cycle and see new solutions and new opportunities, particularly in this time of economic distress. This is an off-world solution to maintain one's balance and ability to love and to maintain the love of self that inherently everyone has right to and is inherently within a being. The beings are worthwhile. Those are our opening comments. Do you have questions? Yes. Thank you so much. We have a question here from Victoria in London, and she says, I have had a few major 
synchronistic events in my life. I really can't go into detail, but the chances of these things happening randomly are billions to one. What does it mean when synchronicities occur? What should we do with them? How should we use them? Thank you for your question. That is a brilliant question. Synchronicities can be both positive and negative. They are a symptom of the individual being at the same frequency as the adjacent co-joining factors that precipitate and manifest the synchronicity. So individuals, when they experience the synchronicity, can look to themselves, within themselves, and see the frequencies if they are very sensitive to observation, wherein they were frameworking their side of the synchronicity. There is not an accident here. There is a mutual joining of energies. They don't have to be close in distance, but they can be miles and miles away, continents away, but in the other world, there isn't that distance. The frequency cuts through, vibrates through, and triggers and resonates the event that is similarly resonated within the earth plane. And the two come together by virtue of the similar frequencies. Now, a frequency isn't just one tone. It can be a multiplicity of tones where in the more tones that are resonating with the other half of the synchronicity are together more as they resonate precipitating and manifesting the synchronicity. It's like a one side then resonates the other side and the other side then resonates the first side and the two resonate at the same frequency. The more factors in common between the two synchronicities, the greater the resonance. And these come together. So it is that individuals find each other. The people that you need, you then put out the frequencies and they then hone in on the frequencies and 
you meet those people. So, um, sometimes I've had, I'm going to ask my own question added to that. Sometimes I've had the situation where I ended up doing something that was kind of out of character, but I was driven to do it, and then I would meet someone or something would happen, or I went. And uh, that was my subconscious kind of like picking up an impulse, go there, this person is there prior to me even having any, any idea of that on a conscious level. Yes, this is on a very subconscious level, as the frequencies don't write their name on the wall. They are very subtle and resonate through frequencies outside of the typical bands of the spectrum within which a being walks. They then... You might call it jog or jiggle the other person, and the other person follows the impulse to go and to pursue it, to fulfill that impulse that is put out. Thank you. Um Next question. From all I have been reading, the earth and every living thing is ultimately going through an ascension process to a higher density. It is my understanding that not every human would choose to ascend or not be ready. Then there are those whose souls are too filled with darkness to ascend. My question is, how will individuals know if they've made the grade? Will everything look and feel differently? It is a gradual process in through Like a blind man inching along a wall, he can feel the next part of the wall. It is a gradual movement. At this point, anyway. So how will he know by observation he, she will know? So observe. And as we mentioned before, one of the keys is an open heart, but one of the keys to having an open heart is to not get stuck in individual bickering situations. And it is a tendency of most humans to try to fight oneself through these situations. And it is not wrong to fight oneself through the situation. However, one doesn't, if they don't get stuck in it, if they maintain the flow, then it will be much easier and 
they will be able to see the opportunities available to them and to move in directions towards ascension that others who have stuck attentions will not be able to follow. To some degree, people follow their focus. Thank you. Is that, that's the end of that, the answer? Yes. Is there a self-test somebody could apply? Like, uh, um, some people might be on kind of ego things, saying, well, I'm really special, I've done all this, so I must be graduating. Um, is there a way somebody could look at their energies, look at their heart, and say, uh, and then ask themselves questions? Like on 1 to 10, what's my level of fear? On 1 to 10, what's my level of unconditional love? On 1 to 10, those kinds of things can come up with the answer that says, geez, I think I'm, I'm okay. One can feel the energy and feel the love and then move into it. It is all around the being of which we all are is intelligent and loving beyond all measure of earth standards. And you are all loved more than you can possibly imagine. We suggest if you are going to put yourself on a measuring stick that the measuring stick is of the earth plane and there's effort involved. Gee, did I make it halfway to an open heart? And the analysis is of a lower level. The love is instant and quick, and it is a part of all beings, and it is letting go of things, stucknesses, attachments that will bring one to the higher vibrations and allow them to see and oversee where they are. Thank you. Next question. I would like to better understand miracles. What is a miracle as we understand the definition in terms of our energy interacting with infinite energy? Is a miracle created by our clear vibrational intention, which then changes the inner energy vibration of the physical to the new circumstances we are calling the miracle? Or is a miracle experienced by our seeking and obtaining assistance and intervention from group souls on the other side of the veil? Would you repeat the question? The person is... I'll repeat it and I'll, I'll translate it into simple language. In fact, I'll just translate it into simple language. 
I hope I think I, I think I understand the question quite clearly. Uh, a miracle occurs because someone has a very strong intention for something to happen, and it causes a rearrangement of the universe that allows that thing to happen. The person is asking, when a miracle occurs, when something occurs that bends the laws of the 3D physical universe, um, is it their clear vibrational intention that changes the physical, or is it something which happens because there are group souls that merge with their energies that cause allow that change in 3D to occur? Give us a moment. We have uh, some difficulty with this question because it is not only intention that creates a miracle, but for us, um, a miracle not a miracle. It is something that we know the ins and outs of. It's like a telephone. Uh, now, if somebody brought a telephone into the 1500s and said, here, you know, you can talk to your friend, I mean, this would be a miracle because they didn't know the technology. They didn't know the wherewithal that it even could be done. So when we look at someone's intention, um, it is not only intention, it is agreement with other beings, with other entities. For instance, if one was going to change, uh, to lower the intensity or uh, disfranchise uh, a uh, hurricane, then it may, it is impossible to do without the agreement of the hurricane and without the agreement of a lot of the people that the light workers to this can be changed. One may have a very strong intention, however, if all of the factors he is trying to change have a different intention, it will be very hard for him to make the change. He has to change the intention of others somehow or the other ones because they have free will. They may not be in agreement with that, and therefore they will mix the change. So it is not just intention, but it is in agreement of others, and agreement within the participants of whatever wishes the person wishes to change. Um, let me ask a question to that, because I have an understanding of that, and that is, this is what I think, uh, see if you concur. When you ask, when you're asking for something that would normally be outside of 3D, in other words, you ask for a healing or somebody you love is dying, you say, please help them, I want to help them. Um, in the law of one, if your intent is high enough and positive enough, 
one could automatically start drawing in the energies of the group's souls as part of themselves, as an expansion of oneself. You know, it's kind of like the way the question is worded. It sounds like you're bringing in something that's not you, but as a person can resonate with those energies and create a high intent that the energies of the higher realms might flow in automatically as part of himself, not as a separate thing um, that you're you're invoking that higher part of yourself, which would certainly add to a miracle. Um, in fact, perhaps since miracles are 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 caused by bending time, so to speak, or bending the rules of this realm, might not all the time higher energies have to come in to, to, to bend the rules, the, the, the time rules, or the physical laws of this realm? Yes. You do need other agreements to bring in the change. And if the, for instance, if a person is doing a healing on somebody and the individual is dogged that they are going to leave this realm, then although, well, the higher forces in that case would not join in because they have to honor the free will of the individual. However, uh, the majority of individuals would be able to take advantage of the higher forces and would wish the higher forces to come in, and therefore the higher forces can hear the prayer and can come in and can join then with the intention of the person to so heal. Thank you. Okay. Person asked the question. There, there's a, a lot of new age people that um, have become enamored of something called the law of attraction. And I think that has to do with the idea that things come to you according to what you think. And um, and they wanted you to give your perspective on the law of attraction. Thank you. This is a very valid law, the law of attraction. And it deals, it goes into synchronicities because as the individual believes something, as he puts something out, as he believes he's going to have money, then the outside of his surroundings need to eventually conform to that belief. So if an individual holds this very, very strongly, then he will resonate with the factors in this environment that have the desire for money or money or prosperity in common with what he has in his mind and then like a, a body of 
water pouring into a lower body of water, they will eventually seek, seek if they're enclosed areas, seek the equilibrium so that they will then begin to match. In other words, the individual with the idea of the, that he, he has money, he has prosperity, although there may be times when it would get less, then would the individual keep that up? He, she identifies with things in the environment, resonates with things in the environment to do with money and prosperity. And like the thing we said upon synchronicity, it brings it to him, her. Thank you. I have a question, my own question. In our ongoing conversations, it's come to my awareness that over and over again, the future is not set in stone and and that humans are creating the possible outcomes for the future. And some of the outcomes could be extraordinarily wonderful and some of them might not be so wonderful and that there's kind of a battle going on between positive and negative over the control of the outcomes. And it's somewhat based on fear versus love. That there's an energy, and I guess this connects with the law of attraction also, where, um, you know, humans are going to pull things in according to um, their, their consciousness and their thoughts. So the question is, since there's possibilities of negative outcomes and possibilities of very positive outcomes. Sometimes I talk about those possibilities, and for some people, when they hear about the possibility of a negative outcome, it creates fear. So what would be your counsel on sharing how it actually is and all the things being played or just laying out the potential for the best positive outcome and never even mention the potential for negative outcomes, which can cause fear. You have within your environment uh, factors, individuals, groups who purposely create fear and terror, and they broadcast it. They find ways to send it out through the media to the world, creating an atmosphere of fear. The economy going down creates an atmosphere of fear about the job. So there is much negativity that is placed upon your plate every day. So for you to maintain positivity, then it moves back to where we said don't get stuck in it. You hear it and you move on through it and 
if you wish, you can ask for our help to move up in vibration and clear yourself from that stuckness where the fear is created. Fear is a very large area of stuckness where the individual has a not know. They don't know what's going to happen and they fear the worst. So if one can move on past that, keep the flow of energy going and see the energy from the higher forces from us and allow yourself to move in and out. If you experience the fear, which is normal because so many people are experiencing it, then you may have a tendency to get stuck in it. But if you just move out of it, let it move on, find things within your life that bring you happiness, that can move you out of some situation, let's say the economy, but or uh, something that happened in your life or somebody got upset with you, just find a way to write yourself in and to bring positivity to yourself and something could be simple like calling up Aunt Nellie or going down and getting a coffee mocha. Just something to look forward to that will cheer you and move you out of that atmosphere of fear. It seems to me one positive aspect of making people aware of the potentials of the worst-case scenarios is that it can create a certain kind of urgency. Um, for example, if a person um, realizes that there's a separation of souls and there's a graduation of this realm, on one hand, it can make them afraid and say, oh my God, what if I don't graduate? But on the other hand, it could give them an urgency to say, uh, what do I need to deal with? What's left hanging? So um, could you comment on that? We look at a situation where a person is in fear definitely can create urgency. However, at that level of emotion, it is hard to have an open heart or to even observe the goodnesses that are around one, which is necessary for one to successfully move into the higher realms. I see. That's a, that's a wonderful answer. Thank you. Um, we have a gentleman by the name of Paul who would like to ask about how they... I don't know if you can see this particular organization. He's involved with an organization called Body Talk International's Youth, Teens, and Orphans in Indonesia. And 
um, he's getting a group of body talk practitioners. He's part of a group of body talk practitioners that is heading to Indonesia next week. Actually, this was about two weeks ago. So he's already there, and he said he's going to like pick this up on the Internet. To empower uh, orphans with healing tools. And so they want to know how you see the works of that group. We see that they are heading into an area of, <laughs> of uh, we see multiple things here. Uh, they are heading in uh, to an area that can be quite hard with orphans who have their orientation already. However, Indonesia is a good place to begin to establish healing techniques as there are already in the culture openness towards this. So we bless their operations and we are pleased and we see a coincidence of the expansion of healing uh, within a culture who is already open. Thank you. And next question is, let's see here. Um, a question from the David, but I don't think it's the David that's on the line. I'll check. Um, this is this is a question from someone that has a physical symptom, and I just want to tell you guys that are listening is you, you can turn in these questions, um, but I'm very I'm not going to make the, this call a healing call. We may do that at some other time, um, but occasionally I'll put in a question and see what they say and see how that works. Uh, this is from a gentleman by the name of Gary who suffers from tinnitus or ringing hissing in the ears. He says that there's no treatment for this. Do you have any suggestions on how to reduce the symptoms? Give us a moment. We see that within your sphere previously there was no treatment for this. However, there is a few a few breakthroughs um, in the area which can be of some help. But this can have multiple causes, for instance, one may have the ringing to do with the coincidence 
of the ringing of the earth, we take a look closer. We see that there is within the ear a a lesion and the lesion creates resonances which then vibrate and create the hissing or the squeaky door syndrome. We talk slowly as we evaluate and move in the area. We send you a blast of love. We get the configuration within the ear that is causing the problem. We see your desire to alleviate this problem and have normal hearing. Give us a moment. We start a process in the silence. We started a process towards dissolving the lesion. This will take more work. Those are our comments. Thank you. And I think we have time for... One more question, and um, let's see here. Okay, uh, this is a question from Annalise, and um, she is very sophisticated in her understanding and, and almost uh, the the look at. Um, a psychologist perhaps might have on the way things work in this realm. And she addresses something called highly sensitive persons as described by a woman by the name of Elaine Aaron. And that there's a percentage of 15 to 20% of the world's population who have a differently wired nervous system which makes them more sensitive in both the emotional sense and the way in which stimuli are processed 
Meaning the people of this category get more easily overwhelmed by, for example, noise, bright lights, violence, and are often deeply moved by art and music. And so I believe that many people who fit into this category feel drawn to spirituality. And I was wondering if there might be a link between this trait and wanderers. And um, this is my comment when here, just so anyone doesn't haven't read my book, a wanderer is a being, an entity, a human, who previously existed in a higher dimension and had been freed himself from the uh, cycle of birth and death and graduated and chose to come back into this realm to be of service, who then, once they're here, they forget that they did that. And they tend to get stuck again, back in the cycles of this realm. It's a wanderer. So um, she's wondering if there's a link between this highly sensitive person category and a wanderer, especially as there seems to be a physical difference Soul program the DNA. The question is: Has she has the soul program the DNA to create a more sensitive nervous system? And then she also mentions the only thing is that apparently the sensitive wiring is also found in the same percentages in many animal species. So that might make it a separate thing altogether. And the percentages do not really match. Now I don't know what she's saying here. She's on the line. If I have to get a clarification. As 65 million is not quite 15% of the world's population. So I'm not sure, I can't remember, I think maybe that has to do with a quote from the Ra book, but I'd have to check on that. Okay, I'll turn it over to you and see if you can do your best with that question as I'm delivering it. Okay, thank you. Um, the um, world's population has a number of people that are very sensitive and sensitively wired and open to many perceptions and has a broader range of intake with than other individuals. However, some of the individuals in this class should not really be in this class because they are simply overwhelmed by some past experience, for instance, uh, an example would be someone that couldn't tolerate and very frustrated by another person, the noise of the chewing could be an incident in their past track that has been keyed in. So some of the people in the category of being sensitive to noise are in that category because of past trauma. Others in that category whom we were more talking about in the question, we feel, are individuals that are open and have a broader receipt of wavelengths. And so there's a confusion sometimes with all the input coming in 
a confusion between whose thought is it? Is it something coming in from outside? Is it mine? And how can I turn off some of this input that's coming into me all the time? Because the individual is very sensitively wired uh, and in taking the data on their sensitivity wiring strings, DNA. There you go. Um, that's the answer, yes? Yes. Okay, thank you. Um, all right. You know what? We have a number more questions, and we're going to defer them for next week. And if you're on the line now and... Lynn, uh... are you present? In case you're talking, we cannot hear you. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm just not leaving it. Okay. Let's see. What time is it? You see you there. I am here. Are you ready for our healing list? I am ready. How many people are on it? Let's have a look. Five. Five requests. Okay. And if anyone's listening on BBS, uh, the way to get on this list is in the light, one word, in the light, dot intelligent dash infinity dot com and fill out that form. Okay. And you will be on. And I'm turning it over to Cita. We have about seven minutes. So we should finish by one. Thank you. I call in the love light of protection around each and every person on this healing list. Listening to this call. Each and every person that is a subject of this healing list, listening to a replay or reading a transcript. John from Las Vegas, please put the continued improvement of the U.S. economy and the world economy into the love light so that many more people can be prosperous. Let's give 10 seconds of meditation for John's request for perfect improvement and perfect economy starting now.
Thank you. John from Las Vegas. Please put Lauren Zania from Forks, Washington, Winfrey from Sedona, Arizona, Gloria Fernandez from Las Vegas, Nevada, and Jack Smith from Kingman, Arizona, into the love light for them to have perfect health. Ten seconds for each person in the list, starting with Lauren Zania from Forks, Washington, starting now. Thank you. Ten seconds for Winfrey from Sedona, Arizona, starting now. Thank you. Ten seconds for Gloria Fernandez from Las Vegas for her perfect health, starting now. Thank you. Ten seconds for Jack Smith from Kingman, Arizona, his perfect health. Starting now. Thank you. John from Las Vegas. Thank you for the sovereign rights endowed upon the human race. I ask that people are allowed unrestricted access to travel anywhere in the world. I also ask that people are allowed to use virtual private networks to access any website on their computers. Ten seconds for John's request. Starting now. Thank you. John from Las Vegas. Please put decentralized cryptocurrencies into the love light for massive worldwide adoption and for them to become legal tender. Thank you for this perfect and fair monetary system that honors privacy and is free from capital gains tax. Please help decentralized cryptocurrencies to become more accessible and easier for people to use and understand. I ask that all of the above be done for the highest and greatest good of all concerned. 